We are the ultimate bad review. Roll camera. Camera rolling. Roll sound. South speed. You look in the camera and Runa take, you're dead. Marcus! Action! You know Quentin Tarantino? I love his movies. I fucking hate Forrest Gump. There's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Take back the screen! The Directors Guild of America will bring down its swift sword of justice on you rank amateurs. The enormity of their stupidity is just overwhelming. Why would I use Apple Apple Music? It's a hideous app. It's not appealing on the eyes. It's, it, I wouldn't say it's impossible to navigate, but I just... Every time I'm on it, I'm like, this is so aesthetically displeasing to the eye that I don't want to use it. And people were like, Apple Music doesn't get rid of the songs you like. I'm like, yeah, but at what cost? <laughs> if I have yeah. to look at this like literally look at your trash app... There's no way I'm gonna like find music that I and want I to listen to like on here. And I feel like videos on like your music apps just like mess everything up. Like Spotify now with podcasts, sometimes they have videos on yeah. them, and that I hate that. I hate that shit. I've been getting like reels on Spotify. I'm like, it, I don't want this. Yeah, like <laughs> no, this is not what we want. I just want my music. Here. Yeah, I came here to listen to music. I didn't come here to see a Zoomer do a TikTok dance to yeah. God's country. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Yeah, I uh, I'm neither here nor there. It's like I, I like I like Spotify. It's cool, for sure. You're not. You don't have a, an app of of preference or choice. No, I mean, let no, me see your not, phone right now. Do you have Pandora not, not on there? Like no, no, no. I, I use I use Spotify. I, say, I, I think he has. Yeah, I think yeah, he's I, one I, of my six use, people. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Joey pays for my for, for, for my Spotify. Like I'm I'm very thankful. <laughs> I, um, I literally have my whole family on there, and then Matt too. Man, yeah, you guys are like Olive Garden. Your family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. Well, I mean, you get six accounts, and it's literally like fifteen dollars. That's a like, deal. Yeah, it's like it, you're only spending like less than ten dollars more. Like it, it keeps. I think it's actually like seventeen dollars now because they keep raising the price. But it's still like that's still much six cheaper. Spotify yeah. accounts. Like in for anybody else, that's almost seventy dollars. Yeah. Like if you were doing like one account at a time, now that it's ten ninety nine, like. So for $17, you get $70 worth of content. Like, I think that's, yeah. it's a decent trade-off. Man, did you see that Disney Plus is talking about cracking down now, too, on password sharing? Oh, God. no. Really? I'm telling you, streaming's done. Streaming's done, well, though. I'm worried about that because Disney owns Hulu. And Yo. that's what I'd be most worried about. Because Hulu I use all the time mm-hmm. now. Now that Netflix is gone, Hulu, to me, has the, and because I just love TV shows, Hulu has the most good TV shows that you can just throw on. It's got a huge catalog. Yeah, so like, Max, like, they have a lot of good TV shows, but I feel like Hulu really has them be, and even, like, with the movies, I, I'm using Hulu all the time, so I I personally love that their password sharing capabilities, and we have, like, seven profiles. My uncle uses it. <laughs> my aunt uses it. We actually have a deal with my uncle that if he, he has access to, like, our Hulu our HBO Max, I think even like a Paramount Plus, and we get like his like stars and Showtime. Yo, and like, yeah, all of the like he has all the premium channels with his Direct TV, and we also get his Direct TV, but I'll never use that. That's what's up though. I mean, just yeah. the fact that it's there, yeah, you have the option to use it. In the system, dude. I found a way to scam the Netflix system. I'm back in Netflix, and I have, I'm not paying a dime. Wow. wow. So we've been on Molly's parents' Netflix yeah. for a while. And what Netflix didn't share with anybody is that they have what's called vacation mode, which is where you can have a second account 
at your vacation house. Because apparently if you have Netflix, you just have a vacation house. So we listed our house as the vacation house, and I'm back, baby. I'm back. (laughs) But let me tell tell you, because I haven't been on Netflix in like, I guess, two months at this point. Netflix took a nosedive, man. That <laughs> shit crashed like three times while we were using it last night. Really? Was, yeah. Like Molly was like, Molly got home from work and she was like, I want to watch something funny. And she's never, she, she's tried to watch, um, I think you should leave a couple times. And she's just like, I can't get into it. And she's like, I think this is the time. I think I'm finally there. And every episode I had to restart Netflix cause it kept crashing. Mm. But eventually, you'd get word, and she was like, "This is funny." And I was like, "I know it's funny. This show's fucking hilarious." It is very, very consistent. We skipped around a little bit, but I was like, "I was like, I don't think it's not a show that you need to watch like from start to finish. You can kind of hop yeah. around." And I mean, I, I've seen this show probably a hundred times, and every single skit, I'm like, "Oh fuck, this is this is such a good one. This is the one where he's in the audience, and they're like, you just need to laugh." And millions of people will hear you. And he's like, TK Jewelers is a scam. <laughs> the limo driver hugged my date at the end of the night. It was a uh, it was a good time. But yeah, so for all you out there that were mooching off of someone's Netflix, hit them up and be like, make my house your vacation spot. How did you do that? I don't even know. I don't know like how exactly. I think they literally just like Molly was down in North Carolina um, after after GalaxyCon. And she literally, she went, I think she just went on their Netflix and there's an option in the settings to set up like one of the accounts as a vacation home. And this was ours. Ours has been on there for so long. So we just hopped on it like that. You don't have to do that. You honestly should. Even though you really have it on your phone. Yeah. I I have it on my phone, but I I feel like I go home enough to where like my phone will hook up to their Wi-Fi like pretty quickly. Right. And so I feel like that's what's been keeping me afloat. It hasn't even asked me any questions. But I will say, like, being on Netflix, there isn't really, like, any movies. or no. like, There's not much going on there. There's a couple TV shows. And to be honest, they're, like, it's weirdly all sports-related. Like, yeah, I noticed that. TV show that came out that's really good, that I really liked at least. But, like, other than that, it's, like, all stuff I'm okay with watching on my phone. Like, Netflix really that. isn't doing... Like, th- to be honest, like, HBO Max is still when it comes to TV shows. I feel like running it. Honestly, did you did you get a chance to catch up on the episodes of Evangelion that not, Matt and I watched? Okay, it's fine. It's fine. You got nothing but time. Nothing yeah. but time. <laughs> you got time. Well, it's not, he was telling me it's only like four episodes. I, I might even watch them tonight. Like I think yeah, because we because they're on Netflix. Yeah, we watched oh, episode 13, 14, 15, and sixteen. So yeah. I mean, yeah, we watched four episodes. We left off on episode seventeen. Shit's getting crazy, man. So wait, I shouldn't watch seventeen. Don't watch seventeen. Okay. Unless you want to get ahead of us. Yeah. I don't want to get ahead of you. Okay. Keep doing that. I don't want to do that. (laughs) I know we're so close to like we're literally like in like the last. Once you catch up, we're on like we're in like the last ten episodes of the show. It's twenty six episodes. Yeah, and then we're we're on to the next thing. But I'm I'm glad to be part of this journey with you guys. It's been fun because like we were watching it the other night, and Matt would be like. So what's this mean? And I'm like, I want to tell you, I really do. But you gotta, you gotta, you just gotta experience it. You have to see wait. it with your you own just eyes. Wait. And Damn. there was like a something that like something came up, and he was like, so that's what's going on. I get it. And I was like, yeah. no, it's not. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I, I want to help you. You're so close, but you gotta wait. You just gotta wait a little bit longer. And trust me, at the end, you'll you'll be like, I don't get it. And I'll be like, it's okay. Here's hours of videos to just get lost in to help you kind of make sense of it all. Damn. Yeah, true. Yeah. I, uh, I'm very, I'm really excited. I feel like the 
the movie afterwards too is going to help too with us. And maybe even watching all those other movies, I don't know if they add a lot of context. It's technically like a separate universe, but I personally think that it it wraps up the original idea of Evangelion like perfectly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to rewatching those movies, and if at any yeah. point you guys want to watch the rebuilds, just say it. I'm I would so gladly locked watch in. It. I know I'm gonna watch them. You should like it's four movies, and they're all, yeah. like other than the third one, they're all good, and even the third one like is visually beautiful. It's just yeah. a very subpar movie in comparison to the others, yeah. in my opinion. I get that. Mm, I get that. Yeah, going back to the to the streaming thing, I'm still the guy who just hops around on uh, free free uh, trials all the time. <laughs> man, you're all my hero. <laughs> and then, the and then Tubi, like Tubi. This well, man got the yeah, grind. I mean, just so many. I'm I'm just uh, guys. Matt like, will find it for free. Yeah, I'll find to. it. Yeah, it's like it. But I'll, I'll I would also say the movies you're looking for, like they just want people to watch them. There it is isn't. true. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I do, I do pay for two streaming services. And I shouldn't say I. Like Hannah technically handles Hulu. She likes Hulu, and I pay for Shutter. Like that's it. So, I mean, mom still paid for Shutter. My man, I probably shouldn't, cause like, cause that that's also another reason why I don't really opt in for streaming services. Like I, the moment I stop watching it, I just cancel it. Like the moment, <laughs> the moment I notice I'm not using it, I cancel it. Cause yeah. it's just like, I wish I had that level of discipline yeah. though. Like there are, I know for a fact there are at least four channels that I'm paying for right now that I haven't touched in like months, but I'm like, I can't delete this. What yeah. if one day I want to watch a show and the show I want to watch is on there? Yeah. That's how yeah, I feel I about get Apple that. TV. Like, yeah. I, I pay, like, I think it's $5 a month, and I'm like, it's only $5 a month, but I really haven't watched it. I don't think I've used Apple TV yeah. since I watched The Tragedy of Macbeth. <laughs> I definitely, my, my brother just found out I had it, and now they, they apparently didn't know that I've had it since it, its inception. Yeah. Um, but they, they found it, and they've just been binging stuff. They, what I is actually, there to binge on Apple TV? I actually just watched this new show with them. I, well, I finished it with them called Hijack with Idris Elba on it. Yeah. And that actually wasn't bad. I was shocked. I'm like, I was like, Damn, wow. that looks kind of dumb. It, it, I, I, there's a lot I missed, but the ending was kind of crazy. It was a, it was a lot. It was a lot of action. Hell and yeah. So Idris Elba in an action type role, I think works a lot of times. Did you guys ever see Beast? With Idris Elba? No, I didn't. I totally forgot about that movie. And I wanted to, but oh, it was like the, barely the in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> it was like barely in theaters. In theaters like two weeks and then it was gone. And then it was gone. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I wanted, and I almost saw it in the dollar theater too. And I was like, Man, nah, I I, it's like, it. I did want to see if, if he was going to punch that, that lion in the face. I, I, I was very curious. <laughs> I heard it was bad, bad, too. I heard it was, like, not very good. Oh, yeah. I heard it was just very underwhelming. It's like that that punching the lion in the face would have been way more entertaining from what I heard from the actual movie, but... I'm trying to see what's in our dollar theater right this very second. That's a great question. I'm, like, very confused on what is about to come out these next couple months because it seems like last year... I remember, like, looking up lists of things that were coming out in September, and it was, like... I was overwhelmed with how much I was going to have to watch in there the month of September. There was at least like eight. Yeah, and Last I feel like crazy. I got it's like the, three options. It's the it's the acting strike. So like, there's That's a lot. Probably a big. Yeah, you're probably right. There's a lot going on. You've also right well, I mean, we got the new Scorsese coming out next month. Apple TV though. That's it's is not, that? I don't. Is I it think it's coming to theaters. theaters. I think it'll have like a like a it'll have a theatrical oh. run, but I'm sure it's going to be a pretty like 
Okay, good. Flash in the pan um, rea- theatrical I run. I would like to see it in the theater. I For sure. It might have been October. Is that September? I thought it was September. We have the new Exorcist, which I know you're not excited about, but honestly, I kind of want to check it out. David hey, look, Gordon Green has failed me on like a colossal level, and I, yeah. I'm not a betting man, but I would like God, to just so check bad. it out. I'm hoping it'll be good. I'm terrified that it's already a trilogy. Yeah. I oh, he, no, it I is. don't like it whenever... Because he, he already announced the sequel to it. Yeah. Yeah, which it's, I'm like, mm. it's a bummer. There's, there's also the Zendaya movie that's coming out. I think next month too, the Challengers movie, the one with uh, the oh. guy who did um, Bones and All. Yeah, Bones and All. In the Oh, yeah. he, he did. He's doing this, this challenge. Yeah. Movie? Okay, yeah. that makes me a little bit more interested because I was like, the cast looks fine. I don't care about this plot at all. Like, <laughs> that's I'm not a I'm fan at. of like threesome movies. I don't. I'm not interested in it. <laughs> I don't know if it's I just don't like, find it intriguing. Specifically about that, but watch yeah, that, the trailer. That's, that's kind of what wrong. it seems like it's yeah, about. Like, that it's like two. It's definitely marketed oh, yeah, that way. Two like, tennis like, players that want to fuck Zendaya, and yeah. Zendaya's kind of like, I'm into it. And it's yeah. like, I don't care about this. And then I know that it jumps ahead in the future, and they probably had a fling or something, and it probably impacted them psychologically. I don't give a fuck. Like, but yeah, let's see if it's good. I mean, I'll be there, so. I will say the. the I'm, I'm not into Zendaya like that. It's like, she, she's good. Whoa. She's good, but. Yeah, Whoa. Dude, I, Whoa. I really love, like, her acting. She's spectacular. I like her. Yeah, I like her. It's just, I don't like everything that she's in. It's, it's. I, so it's like. I can understand that. She's got. An agent, you know, it's not her choosing to be oh, in this shoot. shit. But. The new Transformers is go- is at the Dollar Theater. Rise oh, of the Beasts. Hey. So is the Little Mermaid. The new Insidious is there. Damn. And Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. A movie that tanked so fucking hard, so fucking fast. Yeah. yeah Movies are back, Christ, baby. Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah. People did not treat that one kindly. They just... Did not want to see it at all, which because I don't it looks blame stupid. them. Yeah, I don't blame them. It's like if too little, too late. DreamWorks, what the fuck are you doing coming out with a superhero theme movie now? Like, it wasn't really a superhero theme thing. It was just like you have this movie that the animation is like atrocious. Like it looks hideous, and it's about like it's about a girl that's a kraken and the villain's a mermaid. And it's like yeah. I get like the stereotype you're trying to break here, but it's like even like a toddler's gonna look at this and be like, I don't fucking care. And to put it out the same summer as the new Little Mermaid movie, fucking insane. Like, a Which suicide mission. Actually, I don't know if that movie did well. It, it made its money back. It made its money back enough oh, okay. to the, to the point good. where they're just going to drill ahead with the, those live-action piece-of-shit movies. I know, they've already announced the Tangled live-action. It's like, why would you do that? What the yeah. fuck? Why on earth would you do such a thing? I even felt the same way about Moana. I'm like, who, That's a who horrible the fuck call. wants this? Nobody. Like... And do, Fuck do, Moana. Do, do we not There's understand? There's a group of people that love Moana so much. Yeah, know, my wife. But it's not. It's not. It's <laughs> like not it's going Moana's to make so a, much money, guys. It's not that Moana's a bad movie. I just really don't want to see that giant crab look like a normal ass it crab. Too. It is. Like it's going to look like a normal ass crab. It's going yeah. to be like what they just did with the with with Sebastian in the Little Mermaid, where yeah. it's like real looking crab. It's so like annoying. don't do this. It's just yeah. frustrating. So this like, is we'll weird. see what happens. I mean, fuck it. Yeah, it's like I don't care. I mean, a movie that that did make its money back, which I'm thankful that it did, and plenty more. Barbie, you know, it came coming in at a. At a <laughs> You're right. At definitely a made its money back. One billion dollars. One first, billion dollars. First, <laughs> first female director in history to, to direct a billion dollar movie. Congrats to Greta Gerwig. That's all I can say. I'll give you the W I'm, here, man. I'm glad it was her. If it, it's anyone. 
it should be. Her. It's probably not going to crack my top ten movies of 2023, but I'm glad that it happened. It might. I mean, no, it, it won't. Not I mine. Feel like, I feel like it might be ten. <laughs> I didn't really maybe, like it. So but like, at the same time, yeah, it's like if we're just looking at it, it from an enjoyment level, yeah. fuck no, it's it, not. It really does depend on what ten, this like last quarter. Does. Have you guys started your 2023 list of best movies? I do. I, I have like a. Well, I have a list of 2023 gems that I, yeah. I have that are just uh, movies that I. I really like that were my first watch in 2023, but I, I'll have to go through those for the ones that came out in 2023. Yeah, I'm like putting, I'm compiling like a list of all the movies that came out in 2023 that like made an impact on me. It'll make it easier. Yeah, and then just the kind of like eliminate the ones that like at the end, I'm like, all right, this isn't top 10 worthy. But like even that. like last year, most of those movies that were on our top 10 list came out between like September and December. That's true. That's why I'm kind of waiting. Besides, like, I'm, I'm waiting for the Oscars ones. to come around and like probably make the, make the list I, around them. I know what the Oscars point. are going to look like this year. That's what I'm saying. I like, at the same so point, interested. I'm really, I don't know what we're getting for the end of the year. Yeah. Also, I don't know. Guys, can you imagine if if the SAG strike is still going on and the Oscars happen? Do you realize how many people are not going to be at the Oscars? Just I don't simply? know if they can. It's going to be like that COVID year where like they just did it in an empty theater and it's like, oh, this is uncomfortable for everybody. Just cancel it at this yeah, point. Like right. it's all good. No one's going to judge. Just, just yeah. like post the winners on like a blog somewhere. That'll yeah. <laughs> be good enough. But then we'll be we won't be able to have a party, You're which right. is which is kind of sad. I would but... rather have a party. No, dude, we'll do our own. We'll do our own and Oscars. Watch all the... That would be fun. We'll record. We'll do like we'll film it, yeah. or we could watch. Um, oh my goodness! Like the Spirit Awards or something like that. The... No, it's uh, uh, Tim Heidecker's cinema. Uh, uh, Tim, Tim Tim Heidecker's special. Pass immediately, that. Joey passes. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I'm good. I don't. I don't know if I trust Tim Heidecker's taste in movies. It's, I've seen it's the literally movie just made. a character. It's not. It's not even. Uh, yeah, him, it sounds so. even worse actually. <laughs> I've seen the movies he's made, and they they hurt. They do. Yeah, but in a good way. Well, speaking of movies that hurt in a good way, welcome to the Shot in the Chaser podcast, a podcast where we study the Bushido, and while you people were studying pussy, we studied the Blade. On this evening's Cowabunga. episode, we have Jim Jarmusch's Ghost Dog. Way of the Samurai. And that is our shot. And to chase it down, we have the indie film 1990 classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtle Power. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Joey. Hell yeah. Before we get into our ninja guiding evening, what you guys been watching? So I watched uh, quite a bit this week. First things first, I got to come right out the gate and just say that um, the Meg 2 was a piece of shit. I was really <laughs> concerned because I saw it get a zero on Rotten Tomatoes and I was like, there's no way. It's pretty rough. I mean, I, I will say when it was at a zero, there was only six reviews for it and um, the other reviewers gave it like a... I mean, the, all those reviewers gave it a 50%. It's just Rotten Tomatoes gave it a zero. But Meg 2, um, not worth it. It's it, it's I, I, I don't know if I would put it that low. I, I don't know where I would rank it. It probably is a one, maybe even a half. It's pretty rough. It's it, it's pretty bad. Um, like, was it boring? Like, it was the perfect mixture of boring and um, mediocre. So it's like, <laughs> so it's just very like there are some favorite. moments that you might consider fun. I'm real like you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel with this one because like Meg One, I think understood what it was and. It was entertaining enough. 
and it had enough shark moments in it. This movie has very little shark in it, which is Whoa. very strange. It's called The Meg. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's just, it feels weird. A lot of the movie is spent with these weird little mini dinos that are like, and not, you heard me right, dinos. They're like, they're, they're from the Megalodon era, oh. but they're not Megalodons. That's so and, weird. Yeah, they're they're it's almost they're, like they didn't know weird. what type of movies they're they're making. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's why like, people like them? Why? Egg. How it was marketed was very similar to how I felt with um, with um, Suicide Squad's marketing. It was like the 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 marketing made it look so perfect, and then when you were in the theater, you were like, "Oh, what the fuck!" Like this was uh the trailer was only cut so perfectly. Yeah. So not great. I definitely wouldn't recommend it. The first one I would recommend. It's like it's a it's a halfway decent creature feature, and J and Jason Statham in it is used well because he's just he's not the best, but he's the first used, he's, he's entering used. a man's car. Does he say anything like that? <laughs> Kinda. I, I mean, it's it's like the first movie he he plays a a, a drunk guy who just or like a drunk who um, is known for going on deep dives and. He gets recruited in this one. He is a like an environmental James Bond at the what? beginning of the movie. So it's like his character has a complete flip, but in a weird. I don't know. It's like I, I'm. I'm just kind of frustrated with it. Honestly, <laughs> it's ba- I'm sorry, very bud. boring. No, but like not not enough. Like oh, it let me down. It's just like it literally is not worth anyone's time. It's like it's yeah. that bad. It's not it's not even worth like talking about. It was it was pretty fucking bad. Jesus. Um now now uh, a movie that that two movies that, that that I do not feel that way about at all is uh first off Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors is just as good if not better than the original one. I swear to god. It is really, really so good. Yes. Which one is which one is Dream Warriors? I don't remember that Dream, one. Dream Dream Warriors. I can't say it's better than the original because Wes Craven is really good. Like if Wes Craven's is 5, Dream Warriors is is 4 and a half. If not the same, they might be equal. So Dream Warriors is um picks up right off of the well picks up right off the heels of the first movie. It completely jumps over the second one, which was the best option to in their in their book. Um, cause the second one is nowhere near as good as this one, nowhere near as good as the first one. So the third one is about, uh, a mental, uh, it's not a mental asylum, but it is a, uh, I guess a therapy ward okay. for kids who have, uh, things like depression, insomnia, um, crazy dreams, obviously, you know, it's a nightmare on yeah. Elm street movie and, uh, it comes to fruition that they are the last kids still alive who were descendants of the parents that killed Freddie. So it's actually like, like a pretty interesting movie. It's like, like Freddie is haunting them because That's a good their parents killed Freddie and Freddie turns out to be this, this very tortured soul that his mom was actually apparently raped by a hundred men and that's why freddie was born it's like he doesn't have a father or anything like that or like we don't know who his father is so he was like born out of torment and then he tormented kids and then he needed whatever it, it was just fucking crazy but anyway uh all the effects were so good freddie is given such a like wild uh amount of screen time which i i love so much um, very iconic lines where he's just like, you know, uh, the 
perfect example is like a, a, a girl is watching this, this show and then Freddie appears in the talk show that, that she's watching and she like kind of walks up to the TV and is like, what the hell? Because it's kind of like going statically. Yeah. And then arms grow out of the TV, grab her, like lift her up because the TV's mounted on the wall. Lift her up, and then Freddy's head comes out of the TV. He says, "Welcome to prime time, bitch!" And then just just slams her into the, <laughs> in the fucking TV. It's like plenty of moments like that. I love it so much. Camp. And then <laughs> yeah, it, it it's just perfect. Another perfect line is whenever one of the characters he's in a wheelchair, and when he dreams, he can walk. So Freddy in his dream. Uh, actually, like I, I, th- I thought this was the scariest part of the movie, no joke. It was actually kind of crazy. But he said, uh, you know, now you're free, but whenever you wake up, it's back in the saddle. And then like like this giant wheelchair that has like spikes and shit on it, like goes down the hallway and like almost runs him down. It's it, it's it, it's pretty wild. Uh, I I heavily recommend uh, Dream Warriors. It's it's incredible, and then the last movie that I got to watch, thankfully, was uh, Bad Black. Yo, let's go! <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I watched that this week too. What <laughs> a incredible. good fucking! I only movie. watched it because you watched it. So, <laughs> like, you literally, like, I watched it. and I was like, oh shit! Like, that is probably a very easily accessible movie, and it was. It was on, it's on YouTube. YouTube did too. Yeah, I, I watched it on. It was Tubi, on Tubi so. as yeah. well. That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I just watched it. I loved it. Good for I thought, Isaac Nabata. <laughs> yeah, I th- I thought it was incredible, man. Joey, what are you waiting I on? I know, man. There's there's a couple times where I thought about throwing it on, but I, I just it didn't is, this week. It's, it's less than it's less than eighty. Well, minutes. We're talking about who killed Captain now. It's the same cool. director, yeah. Yeah, same same. I'm director. trying to watch that. Now I will say that I don't I know liked, if I'm going to watch Bad Black. I'm, I do know. I'm watch who watch. killed Captain Alex first. Yes, then I, watch yeah, Bad Black. And if I like that, then we'll. Yes, I think who, that who killed Captain Alex. I think is like. A little bit better. I would give both movies fives, but it's like yeah. Who Killed Captain Axe is a little bit more funnier. It's a little bit more in your face. Bad Black is still great. Bad it's Black still is very funny. Bad it's Black just, is hysterical, yeah. but it dials back on the action a lot. Yes, but so it's to like, like deliver like a narrative that like <laughs> works that works quote unquote and and <laughs> sort of makes sense. Until it doesn't, and then the movie acknowledges that it doesn't make sense, and you're like, "This is so yeah, fucking it's genius!" So funny. Like. The movie opens up with one of the most action-packed sequence, like, 15 minutes I've ever seen in a movie. Because, like, Who Killed Captain Alex takes, like, 20 minutes before shit, like, pops off. Yeah. And Bad Black takes, like, 20 seconds. Where yeah. it's, like, you have the narrator who's, like, this is Swaz. He is a good man. His wife is very sick. I love he has no so money much. to help her. How will Swaz get money? And then the next scene is Swaz like robbing a bank. Yeah. And he's like, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> and for the next 20 minutes, it's just this guy blowing shit up, shooting people, CGI like car explosions and car- oh every God. single time he would CGI like a car flipping. It was so jarring was on so the jarring. eyes. You're like, I loved how at the end you saw that it was miniatures, dude. Yeah. They didn't animate that shit. They used miniatures. I fucking love that so much. That is but, cool. uh, but like also... I love the, the the scene where Swaz is literally just run across the screen, and then Swaz literally like the the word Swaz, Swaz. is like Swaz, <laughs> it just drags across the fucking screen as he's just like running. It was so good, dude. They also then, the the part where at the beginning where the narrator's like that's that's Captain Alex. He's alive. Guy, he's Captain alive. Alex is alive. We found him. And then 
he gets shot, and he's like, oh, he's dead. Yeah, it was so <laughs> he's, good. He's very dead. Many, many times in the movie where, like, another actor that they use in a different movie pops up. He's like, oh, that's this character. And then he's just like, all right. Or, like, either gets oh, shot. Wrong movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wrong movie. Yeah, so many times. I love that so it's much. It's such a fun... Both movies very funny. Highly recommend Bad Black. Highly recommend highly, Who highly Killed... Recommend. You could literally watch both of these movies, and it would be almost less... Of less long than Ghost Dog, like they're so really, short. they're yeah. so short. Like, yeah, like, they are. They are quick. They're like hour fifteen movies. Whoa, okay, I didn't know that. I, I guess Ghost Dog's only two hours, but I mean, like, it's still you would full. I think that watching both of them would feel less long than Ghost Dog did. Nothing against Ghost Dog. I love Ghost yeah. Dog. We'll get into no, that. But yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, just because I, of I how much action is in it. it oh it yeah, kind of moves. A little it's quicker. so fast paced, and like on top of like just nonstop action, you have this commentator that is so fucking funny so that bad. he just makes that movie fly. But even the parts that are boring, and his like live reaction to shit, it's where he's just like, <gasps> "Oh my god!" <laughs> You're like, "That's so funny." I don't want to be here. I want to be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go into school, dude. That that was so funny. I was cracking up that whole time. And then, like, like the, the kid is, like, on the side of the car, and he's, like... Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> like, jumps off. He's, like, fuck you for leaving me. Dude, it's so funny. He jumps off the car, and he's, like, bastard. And then they show the flashback later in the movie, and he's, like, bastard again. Yeah, and he says it again. It's so funny. So watch it. <laughs> I, should, I will. I, I know I will watch Who Killed Captain Alex. Eventually, yeah. I mean, yeah. whenever. Whenever you I'll get around to it, it, let us know. It's just on YouTube. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, so, it's so accessible, it's too. Ve- like, it, it's just very... It's almost a crime that I haven't seen it yet. It's kind very of. chaotic. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would say that I, I love it. Nick loves it. Put yourself I, in a goofy headspace. I think it's well space. worth it. Yeah, yeah just... If you're gonna watch it, just be in the mood for for something like that. Don't yeah. go in expecting like Casino or something. I mean, this is not that. This is this. It's is a, a glorified home video. Yeah. That is so ambitious, and so much heart is is put into it that like you can't help but like love every aspect of it. Cause you're just like somebody really like was like this is my life's work right here. I think that's what I think I'll I'll appreciate most about it. That this is just a guy who is making, who wants to make a movie, and he did. Yeah, it's honestly, it's honestly a village, like like yeah. Wakali. I'm pretty sure okay. is is the name of the village. So it's okay. like it's it's it it is very much the director, but a lot of people in the village. I mean, pretty much I mean, the entire village in is, is involved. Yeah. In, yeah, so in the documentary, like he brings up, he's like, I grew up like going to like this. It wasn't like a theater, but like they had like a place that showed movies. It literally is like my basement. Oh wow! And he's like, we grew up watching movies with like Stallone, Schwarzenegger, yeah. uh, Chuck Norris, and he's like, everybody here loves action movies, and we were like, why? Why don't we do that? Like we could do that. And that guy just got it. And he builds like he built. He's like, if I don't have the stuff to like film it, I build it. Yeah, it's wow. cra- like every prop in all of his movies is, is built, wow. and it's crazy some of the shit that they build to make those movies work. High recommend. I highly recommend. Yeah, Bad Black, Who Killed Captain Alex. All good. Joey, what'd you watch? <clears throat> so I get to watch. Uh, I, I watched this movie that's been on my watch list for a while called Carnage. <laughs> it has both John C. Riley, Christopher Waltz, and Christopher Waltz, and then it has their wives they're also somewhat famous i can't remember their names though um you guys would probably know them if if uh you knew there if i could remember their names okay but um i love john c Riley, huge pta fan and john c Riley is i i feel like this year's especially i'm on this like john c Riley kick really where i think he's like one of the greatest actors 
Um, Interesting. Hard Eight, I think, is one of those movies that really sold me. So when I saw that there was this movie where it's almost like scenes from a marriage where it's these two couples that are getting together because one of their kids hit the other kid in the face with a stick and, like, knocked his, like, teeth out. And it, and it was all the kid who hit the kid with the stick only hit him because the other kid wouldn't let, wouldn't, like, play with him and, like... Okay. So you can't play with. You're not part of our gang, and uh, so you're not all cool, that. kid. And, and so you you see the kid hit the kid with the stick uh, at the beginning, and then that's over with. And then you're in the apartment, and it's John C. Riley's home with his wife and Christoph uh, Christoph Waltz. Um, oh wow! Yeah, comes in. So it's these two couples, and they're discussing kind of how to deal with their children. And it's like scenes from marriage because it's like just like talking for an hour and a half. And multiple times, Christoph Waltz is like, oh, I got to go. Like, I'm going to work. And then something like weird, not even that crazy. Like, um, they'll say something like, oh, your kid, you probably deserve to get hit with a stick. And then, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. And then, and then they're like, start getting in this argument. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, here, give me a coffee. And they're they're just back in the apartment again. And so a lot of, like, the logic behind this movie didn't make sense. The arguments didn't make sense. And then, like, the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie, John C. Riley and Christoph Waltz both kind of go insane in, like, not a good way. And they just start saying, like, the craziest stuff, like how they don't actually, like, love their wives and, like, how, like... They, they just start nitpicking at each other. And for a good part of the movie, it's the two husbands versus the wives. And then the, then, uh, it's like, then it moves to like the couples versus each other. And then eventually it's like the husbands versus the wives of each couple. And then basically at the end of it, they all hate each other. Um, what the and, fuck? Yeah, it, exactly. It, it, I felt miserable watching this movie. It doesn't sound like fun miserable, though. It yeah, just sounds it was bad. Not, it was bad miserable. It was one of the worst performances I've seen from any of these actors. Like, even John C. <laughs> Riley at the end was, like, very, like, it, when he was trying to give this performance of, like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And it didn't, it didn't come off well. And it just like, and that's saying something because he's been in some like dog movies. <laughs> yes, you're right. And Did they, uh, and and surprisingly, I, I just wanted to look it up. It was a uh, Jodie Foster and Kate Winslet. Directly? Oh, no, no, no. Are, are there are the the wives? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Jodie Foster is John C. Riley's wife, wife, yeah. and Kate Winslet is that's, Christoph yeah, Waltz. Yeah, Kate Winslet. I was like, I know there's like the one of the wives is very famous. Roman Polanski yeah, direct. Oof, bud, come on now. That that also I saw that afterwards. <laughs> it it honestly it has like a crazy trailer and I even like the cover. Like the the of it. It's just like different colors. Yeah, the and poster. The poster, yeah. Yeah. It it kinda was like cool it looked cool and I, I wanted to I thought it was gonna be good. But it's Roman Polanski, but yeah, it was so bad. Ugh. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was. It was That's yeah. what you get for watching Roman Polanski. I, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, I get. I think I gave it like one and a half. You I did, like genuinely yeah, did not like it, and it just did not work. Damn. Yeah, so that's what. That's one of the movies. That's what, a movie I've watched this week. Nice. What, what just, about you, Nick? That one. Uh, let's see. 
I watched something this week. I had it up, and then I completely lost it. Okay, so yeah, I wa- I also watched Bad Black, yeah. and then I watched. Oh yeah, uh, I saw Talk to Me. Oh, and the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Did you get a chance to see the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I didn't, unfortunately. Okay, that's fine. I, I I won't talk about it today, but definitely. You can. I mean, I like. I'm 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 definitely gonna watch it. I don't mind the spoilers if you do want to talk about it with Joey. It is. But it's up to you. I don't even know if there are like spoilers. Oh uh, yeah, I wouldn't like, say there's any spoilers. Like it has. How did you like the animation? I thought it was beautiful. Cool. Yeah, the, the animation was stunning. The soundtrack is great. Dude, when Superfly comes out, the intro, and then it's got the Superfly, like, soundtrack with yeah. the song to it. I thought that was epic. I was the, like, this thing is so cool. The whole, like, bomb diggity yeah. part, like, rocked. Like, right? that whole sequence, I was like, this feels so good. The Turtles are great characters. They're super fun, super likable. And I loved that, this is my boomer take, I loved that they didn't make them, like, the most cringe, annoying characters that are like let's just talk about topical things it was like no this just feels like what teenagers are supposed to be like you had and like the douche or not the douche i guess the 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 cringer in me kept losing my mind of like the one guy that was like i love jujitsu kaisen and i love the 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 weeb of the group i was like this is so cool i love this and he had jujitsu kaisen stickers on his staff that was sick um, and they were like they weren't actors they weren't voiced by actors that we knew either. yeah they were like all like teenagers and I was like work. that's crazy because it's never teenagers it's always like late teens early 20s people voicing the, the turtles which is fine but it, it was nice finally having like actual kids play kids yeah um and even like what they did with april o'neill like i i i really enjoyed like yeah. I, like we're gonna talk about the 1990 april o'neill who i think is like spectacular and i love who she was on the TV show and everything, but I I did appreciate like what they what they brought to her character. I really had no complaints about any of it. I my biggest thing was just I wish that there were certain characters that made it, uh, their appearance. But I figured like with this movie definitely being a success, yeah. he's gonna do a second one, and I yeah. know for a fact that the two characters that I was missing are going to be in the next movie. <laughs> yeah, because it, it ends in that kind of way where you, yeah, you know, I I agree. I. I also love Ice Cube as Superfly. The voice he of Ice Cube. He killed it. Yeah, it worked so well for me. I think with the 90s rap that was most of the soundtrack, I thought it was so cool to, to have Ice Cube. For sure. And, like, the people, like, Paul Rudd was in it, but not for very much of the movie. And I loved that. Because when they announced Paul Rudd, I was like, oh, God damn it. This is going to be one of those things where you're like, oh, my God, it's Paul Rudd. And Paul yeah. Rudd, I think, has, like... Eight lines in the whole movie. I mean, he's pretty funny in it. I yeah, say. his character is one of the funnier characters. He's an enjoyable character because it's like everybody in the movie is playing their character and not like I'm a celebrity. You know who I am, and I'm yeah. playing this character. It's not like oh, uh, I love I love Mondo Gecko because he's voiced by Paul Rudd. It's like oh, I like that Paul Rudd voiced Mondo Gecko. That was yeah. a good that was a good move. Like he fit he fit that character perfectly. Yeah. All of it was really fun. I think honestly the weirdest. Casting choice. I don't even know if I would say it was weird, but Jackie Chan is Splinter. Yeah. It was so off the wall because Splinter is not the way Splinter is like in the rest of the show. And all of the yeah. show, Splinter is like he was this rat, and his master, like his his owner, was like a like a kung fu master. Yeah. And in this, he was just like I was just like a rat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my life was just me being a fucking rat. And then I got these turtle kids, and I started growing and. That was that, but they capitalized on it. I guess this will be a spoiler. Um, by doing my favorite Jackie Chan trope in all of his movies, 
Which is where he'll show up somewhere and be like, please, I don't want any trouble. And then he has to fight everybody in the room. <laughs> and, I, so and so they do that with, with Splinter. And I was like, all right, this is cool. This works yeah. out. And so that... That always gets me. Anytime I anytime I hear Jackie Chan say, please, I don't want any trouble. I'm like, yeah. this is it. Jackie Chan's about to kick so much ass in the he next is. like five minutes of this movie. I love that. It's really good, though. I, I cool. gave it an, an, an 8 out of 10, on, on or 4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I, I think it is a very good movie. I think yeah. Seth Rogen did this, the whole series justice. I think it was actually incredibly smart now seeing it to not start this, the movie off with like, it's the turtles versus the shredder. Cause when yeah. you think turtles, you think shredder. Exactly. So to like have him have them face off with the more of like the background mutant characters to kind of bring in, usher in the shredder, I guess for later. It's like this is great. I love it. Does it end on a cliffhanger? A little bit. Like not like a like a. It's not like like a cross the spider verse where it's like the turtles will return. In it's more of like a. It's shredder exists. Yeah, basically. they kind of confirm the shredder exists, and then the movie. And pretty much wraps up. Yeah. And like it, it kind of makes the movie, the ending at least, based on the fact that you know that Shredder is part of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles world. Right. Because like if you don't know who Shredder is, I don't know if you would really know who the what the ending is like. Yeah. If you grew up on if you grew up watching the Turtle Ninja Turtles or like reading the comics or anything like that, you'll 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 definitely appreciate this show or this movie and the animation is so good like beautiful it, it, it reminds me a lot of the spider-verse movie but without like feeling like a direct like copy paste yeah, exactly like it it's it's a animation style that had its own twist on it that yeah. i i think worked very well in its favor i would see that again like in a heartbeat and it's like an hour 40 so yeah. it's low commitment super great cool kind of same thing with talk to me it's a it's a it's a quick movie i will say i'm not getting the hype around it. I don't know why A24 already greenlit a sequel. I was going to say there's a sequel already being made. I think that the ending of Talk, Talk to Me is very good. Me. I think that the movie itself is kind of a drag. And everybody that's like, the the, the, lead, the protagonist is so powerful. I'm like, this is literally the she dumbest human so being on Earth. She's not, a, one, she's not great. She's stupid as hell. Like, no character on Earth ever gets contacted by a bunch of dead people and then goes, yeah, the dead people must be onto something. That's totally how this is going to go. I just watched dead people, like, bash my friend's face to, like, a million pieces. Yeah. They must be telling the truth. Yeah. So she's super unlikable. I feel like she's not supposed to be liked, too. Like, I feel like the I movie tried to make that. me empathize I, with her. Yeah, I, I, I feel really? like, I, I feel like she's not supposed to be liked, but then the movie wants you to empathize, which maybe that's... The whole thing. The only justification I could give this movie is that it is a um, a metaphor for like substance abuse. If you go any other direction with it, I'm uninterested. Completely. That's an interesting take on it. I didn't even it. get that. I didn't either, but I I I like that a lot more because I felt like so. What I took away from it was that I was like, I think this movie is accidentally. I don't think it's in per on purpose. I think it's accidentally a commentary about how Zoomers literally can't take anything seriously. Sure. Like, when everything is hitting the fan, they're all just like, don't stop filming, bro, don't stop yeah. filming. And it's like, dude, put the fucking yeah. camera down. Like, you gotta stop. And the movie even opens up with that, where he's like, dude, cameras, put them away. What yeah. the fuck is wrong with you? Exactly. And that's, really does the whole that movie is them playing with dead people, and they're yeah. all like, this is fine. What's the big deal? Come on. And it's like, dude, no. Like, nah, you're... That's fucking stupid. And so I felt like right. it's a, it's this accidental commentary on, like, 
it it's so meta in the sense that they can't take anything that's the horrors that are in front of them they can't take it seriously and the only thing that they are physically capable of doing is just laughing at the joke even though like the joke is not funny and the joke is inherently killing people around them right. and it's all very easily avoidable if they just took something seriously yeah. um but that's that was my my main takeaway from it just further proving my point that i think zoomers need to like touch grass but movie otherwise movie's fine i gave it a three and a half out of five i don't think it's a dog shit movie by any means yeah. and i think it's a better horror movie than i've seen in theaters in a while but i i still i that's don't how think, i feel like it's actually scary i see i, I never i never got scared but i also think the ending of that movie was like golden yeah. like i was like i know this is like probably the only way this movie can end but it's executed so well we're like now she's the hand yeah which was cool but i was just like i don't know i kind of want to see I wish I I wish other things had happened. And you know you knew Zoomers made this as soon as you had that foot sucking scene. I was like, this is some. That's yeah. also why, like it's it, it's like it's disturbing, but I'm also like, give me a break, man. Like, yeah. like there there are you're so trying many way too other, hard. Well, it's like I just feel like it's just a fucking horror movie, and like we're we're literally freaking out over a dog making out with someone and someone sucking toes. Like I'm like. <laughs> All right, that's like that's fine, but like this is like wasted potential for to me. Like I, I know that other people like freak out. Yeah, why you show me shit. a foot fetish and bestiality to scare me, Which man? It's like, well, it's it's funny if they're using it for comedic purposes, but the foot sucking scene is not supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be so scary. I was like, that's not scary. Like, I don't. Yeah. That's not like I. It had its like it's, moments it's of like, weird, holy shit. But I'm like, all right, like, is, are we just gonna king shame now? Like, I because like I'm not I'm not even a foot guy. I don't give a fuck. I'm not even that. a foot guy. I'm not. But I'm not. But I'm just like, what the fuck is is this up with these in. movies being? Yeah, right. But I just I just I just find people like funny. It kind of gave me like the same vibe as like freaking movies. Freaking out over sexual kinks. It's it kind of gave me this, and I talked about it before. I hadn't seen it. It gave me the same vibe as like those old like late tw- late two thousands like horror movies like Mirrors. With Kiefer Sutherland. Like, it felt like I was watching something like that. And people are like, this is so deep and introspective. I'm like, nah, dude. This is just like a this is just like a nod to old horror movies. Like, these were people that grew up watching old horror movies and wanted to make it appeal to people that don't go outside. So, here it is. See, I want it to be that, but I just couldn't stop thinking that there's something else there. And I'm just like... I prefer I your viewpoint on it, honestly. But I... It I don't think it's intentional, but it, it it almost that that that's what I'm saying is like it almost makes me like not like the movie more that I'm like because I want it to be bigger. No, no, no. I want it to be very small and like okay. and very like basic. But Straight I think to the point, that like it's it, just there yeah, to scare you. But I think that it's trying to do more than that. Like it's that's just what I what I got. Maybe I'm just reading into people's interpretations too much. I usually do. And people but, are like, it's a trauma horror. I'm like, if you're traumatized by this, you can go fuck yourself. This is some weak shit. It's like, it's like people who say like this is the most disturbing movie of the year. I'm just like, bro, fuck off. I, I saw like one might be. I mean, no, Bo was afraid came out this year. That was the most. Well, but like also, it's like, I mean, yes, that was the most disturbing movie of the decade, maybe. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm also a giant advocate advocate for being like, okay, I could just point to something a decade older and it would top this easily, and then we could go two decades before and I'll point to something even more disturbing, and then we can go three decades before and I'll point to something even more disturbing than that. So it's like, yeah, I, feel I people know. Just what calling shit disturbing is like you just haven't. You haven't even searched. But you guys also like this is your shit. Oh yeah, of course you could. It's my jam. Like, I feel like my my little brother would watch Talk to Me, where he would not watch like most of the movies that we watch. Like he wouldn't. He probably wouldn't even watch Ghost Talk. But he'd watch Talk to Me. That's sad. I. It is sad. But 
I that's why I I'm excited to see like I, to me I was genuinely scared. I get the comparison to Hereditary. Oh, for I sure. I don't think it's as good. They're not Ari Aster. Talk to me is not going to be as talk to me two is not going to be as good as Midsummer. No, it's like it's like diet caffeine free Hereditary. Like yeah. it is, it is like in that same. Vein, it's like two dudes saw Hereditary, and they're like, we should make something like that, but like for kids. <laughs> like, and I was like, I don't know. I just I. There were moments that were genuinely like, whoa, that was that was a crazy that was crazy. Like the one scene where like she sees the brother being like tormented yeah. in the realm, and I was like, yo, let's see more of this. Give me more of this, and then it never did. Bro, I like I, I told his head in. I told Hannah right after that movie that I was like, if they would have just taken the rest of the movie and stayed in that realm, yeah. it would have been fucking awesome. It would have turned into like a drag me to hell kind of movie, and I would have I would have no, vibed really hard. We no. have to go back to the real world, and we have to. <laughs> she's got to be the hand now. Like I was yeah. just like, whatever, bro, it's fine. She's got to be the hand, and then like. And this is like a petty thing before we just get into the to Ghost Dog. The the way that the movie like decides to propel itself forward is by having the dad, who's been out of focus the whole movie, comes into focus when his daughter walks in and without saying like hello, how are you? He's like, Hey, sit down. I don't think I've been hundred percent honest with you. I'm like, no one in the history of the universe has ever started a sentence like that, especially when the following sentence is your mom killed herself. <laughs> Let me read you her suicide note real quick. Yeah. yeah. And then she's like, no, it can't be. The spirit who bashed my friend's face and told me that that's not true. They wouldn't lie. Go yeah. fuck yourself. So three and a half out of five. It's fine, but it's not that disturbing. I saw a lot of reviews that were like, the first five minutes of this movie are some of the most disturbing things I've ever seen well, in theaters. I was like... Oh my god! Like, I thought it was like a good way to start it, the movie, yeah, but it's a good not way like to a start. I will be honest that you, it definitely jump cuts when yeah. that kid like stabs, whatever, himself, stabs in the face. himself in the face, so you don't even see it actually happen. It's just here, and then it jump cuts to him having it in his head. So whatever. I mean, teach teach their own. Like if if you like this movie, I don't care. Like watch Hereditary. If you think that her, that this is better than Hereditary. I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I don't know what drugs you're on, but... It, 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 <laughs> Just it, see it, a good movie, dude. Tu yeah. Again, touch grass. Touch grass. The three of us, we touch grass, yes. which is why we watch wow. good movies That's like true. Ghost Dog. I, right. I, I, I just feel like year after year, we're just getting further and further <laughs> away uh, from, from the mainstream, which is fine. I don't care. The mainstream is wrong for all I care, but um, it is what it is. Everybody can be wrong. But yeah. we're right, and that's yeah, all that exactly. matters. <laughs> we are right. Go as long yourself. as it's we and not me, because if it's just me, that that's not good. It would be Matt against the world. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Well, let's get into movies that, that are actually worth your time. Let's, yes. di let's discuss Jim Jarmusch's Ghost Dog, Wham yes. the Samurai. <laughs> Matthew, what is Ghost Dog about? So Ghost Dog... As, as stated, it's directed by Jim Jarmusch, came out in 1999, and the tagline goes like this. All assassins live beyond the law. Only one follows the code. And the summary follows. An African-American mafia hitman who models himself after the samurai of old finds himself targeted for death by the mob. Short, sweet, to the point. Yeah. Excellent, nice. excellent execution of a summary. Yeah. Now, hey, I, I mean, it, it was perfect. And I, I mean, it's coming in at a 4.0 on Letterboxd, so. 
I know I that's that that I think that makes sense. Like I so this is my third in total Jim Jarmusch movie. The first one the first one I had ever seen was The Dead Don't Die and I yeah. fucking hated that movie. It's not good. It's awful. <laughs> and then I, I saw it. Patterson yeah, from this podcast and, and I was like, like what this, the hell is wait, this is, this is your third one? Yeah. I was like this oh, is wow. fine. And then actually actually Clay had told me about like Ghost Dog you should check it out and I was like okay sure. And then I saw it was in Criterion, and I was like, oh, wow, interesting. And then I saw it was Forrest Whitaker as a samurai. And I was like, no fucking way. Like, that cannot be what this movie's about. Literally. And I mean, I, I technically, it technically is. But in my mind, I was like, Forrest Whitaker, like, wielding the blade? Like, yeah. like that sounds crazy. And it's not. Like, it's no. not that. It's more about, like, a guy that follows the code of the samurai during his hits. And he has this, like shroud of mystery around him like the samurai jackness about him where it's like i can only communicate with him through a through a butt through a blade yeah are you telling me that this guy sends you a fucking pigeon every morning 1914 <laughs> carrier pigeon <laughs> extinct they're all dead i was like this so fucking rocks yeah, like it, it is good. so this is a a great movie it has that lynchian nightmareness it to did. It. it it definitely did and like Forrest Whitaker, I don't think anybody could have played this role. Like, yeah. like Forrest Whitaker was like destined to play guy that like that wields guns like swords. Little and to be fair, style. he looks not he doesn't look that cool when he's flipping guns around. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think anybody. Like it's kind of weird looking. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. But like, it made sense for the movie. It was yes, funny yes. because like, oh, he yes. thinks he's a samurai. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It made sense, but it's like at the same time, I. I just can't help but but smile or, or, or smirk whenever you just get that like yeah. <laughs> it's like every time it he makes puts the, the whooshing gun. noise and even like the way that like it's filmed like it like his hand is going twice as fast as the rest of yeah. the scene. I'm like this is so good. This is such a great idea and to have Forrest Whitaker say like I don't know maybe thirty lines yeah honestly in two hours. And most of those lines aren't him speaking. It's just him reading off, like, his code. Yeah. Every, like, five to ten minutes of the movie. And every line he reads is so badass. It was, it was really cool. And it usually, like, applied to that next scene yeah. that we were about to watch, which was I thought was amazing. Yeah. I, mean, I thought it was, honestly, the best part of the movie. I feel like Jim Jarmusch, though, like, the movies he makes, he does not know... He doesn't know how to stay in a genre. Like, everything he makes is so incredibly different yeah like uh i watched a, a movie i watched recently was coffee and cigarettes which is just like a bunch of famous people drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes which is also very different from patterson and the dead don't die yeah. and uh this movie i just feel like he he's just always doing something so off the wall and different and i feel like ghost dog really does the same thing here mm. it's it's so zany almost yeah because you have him as the samurai fighting against like these like almost comical Italian American mafia guys yeah. who are like the most generic cookie cutter mafia dudes ever. Yeah, I love it. And they all say very stereotypical things, and they're all like none of them are like intimidating. They're all like kind of old dudes. Yeah, yeah. I, right, right. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? By the way, him and, and fighting all these like because he considers himself. Uh, a part of something that is dying out and even, you know, 
the mafia guys talk about that whenever uh, I think Vinny gets killed. I think is his name. Yeah. And he's like, at least you took me on the old way. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like that's the thing is is that they know that their way is is dying out. out. It's like yeah. Both of them know that 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 both their ways are dying <laughs> out. And I think it was just it was but like what do you think of just like, casting only only old guys as the? As the I kind of loved it because yeah, it was just like it's very Jim Jarmusch. It's very funny. Like they are like whenever they're not discussing business they're watching like felix the cat cartoons and shit and i was like this is so funny and in a way i'll say i think once again this movie's about taoism i think the tao is so very clear in this movie like there's one specific scene where like the main i think he's considered the main boss in the movie the guy that has the, the the strong cheekbones and he's watching a felix the cat cartoon and it's like there's a scientist that's like, I can turn diamonds into jelly beans, but I'm so angry. You know why? And it's you see Felix the cat, and he's trying to thwart Felix, and whatever he does to Felix, Felix is like, I'm gonna just go with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is this is so telling of the rest of this movie. The, mm-hmm. I think that the mafia guys are like representing like these old. The the, the 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 mad scientist in the cartoon represents these these mafia dudes that are just like, no matter what we do to stop this guy, he just does his own thing and just keeps going like we can't stop him because he's like he's an unpredictable kind of chaos Mm -hmm. and he just whatever is thrown his way he's like i will go with the flow like when he's standing when he's outside of their their house and he's got the sniper rifle on them and he's gonna shoot and then like the bird lands on it and he's just like oh hey bird like he just chills like he's not like get the fuck out of here like he's just like oh yeah, I love, love that. birds. I love that part too. Wherever uh, he receives the the a message that's like we need to talk urgent, and then he he just, he literally was like sleeping, reads it, and he just eats it, and then he goes right back to sleep. He yeah. like, doesn't move at all. Doesn't. He's just no like, sense of urgency. Yeah, he just doesn't move. I, I I love that. But then also, it's very interesting how, I uh, like personally, it was the ending. Uh, that that really sent this movie from a four to 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 a uh, well, I'm kind of revealing my score, but but um a four to a four and a half. It, it it made me it made me bump up the score just a little bit more because I loved how it comes full circle, and I love what 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 you had to add, Nick, to 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 what you just said, and then just to yeah add add to that is whenever Ghost Dog. Um, he is very good with the flow. He is he is operating in in his own way, but it is an old an old philosophy. You know, he just learned it from a book, and he's just applying it in modern times. And in a way, the mafia is too. It's an old way that that that's being phased out, and they they can't stop him until he gives him, I guess, the moment or like he is going with the flow and that is the flow is going to kill him. Essentially. He was like, he's like, no, this is my master. So like, I'm not going, I can't to, kill him. I can't yeah. kill him. Uh, yeah. I'm your retainer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So whenever his, his retainer starts shooting him, he can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like, and he just he's, accepts he's, he's it. Done. Yeah. He's, and I he love that. Accept it. He, he almost like keeps the unloaded gun yeah. on him to, to sh- almost show that he is, to look like a threat, even though he isn't. A to threat. egg him on, almost yeah. like shoot me, kill well, me. Well, like in in and I will say that there there there's also a scene that that's very telling that kind of mirrors that. Whenever, um, I forget the guy's name, but like like the ice cream guy. Well, no, uh, the um the guy who shoots Ghost Dog, 
Oh, guy. Louis. Louis. So it's like Louis comes around the corner and Ghost Dog is right there and he literally just like points a gun at his head. Like like right right when he lights a cigarette and he's like, oh, I thought you were standing there. But it's like he, he literally says something along the lines of like, it feels very disrespectful right now. And he says, I don't mean to disrespect you. Cause yeah. like, cause like it, it, it kind of clicked with me whenever I saw that, that scene is like his worldview is that he always wants to think about death. So it's like the most honorable thing to hold a pistol to someone's head and be like, remember, yeah, like, I could pull the trigger right now and you would die. I'm not going to do it, but remember you could die right now. And it, it was just interesting how it's like when that's flipped and he's the threatening force, somebody just kills him. Yeah. Which is, uh, it's just very interesting. But if it wasn't his retainer, then he probably wouldn't have died. He probably would have found a way That is a man him. with nothing but honor. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a very interesting movie. And I I, I, I also just really like it. I, I, I love movies that, that kind of blend those those ancient teachings with, with a more modern setting. But what do you guys think of his little car uh, tech piece that he just kind of walks up and just... That was walks. so cool. I was like, how is he doing this? Where did he get this? Yeah, but he kind of built his own shit like throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah, it felt very surreal in that way. It's almost like the technology that he used, and he's able to craft silencers, and yeah. he's able just to make like, shit like that. He's also a very skilled hitman, too. Like, he, yeah. he does it without leaving a trace. Yep. He's Ghost Dog. He's Ghost Dog, yeah. Yeah, that's... Which is so cool. For. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that was sick. But I, I think my favorite part was his friend, his best friend, the ice cream. That, that shit was so funny. French, <laughs> that also, like, you knew what he was saying, but nobody else in the movie knew what he was saying. And he was saying, like, he was agreeing with Ghost Dog. They they had this like unspoken language that kind of like worked. They both knew they were best friends with each other, even though they couldn't communicate. I I just loved that aspect to it. Like when he brings him the suit, and he's yeah. like, he's like, the suit doesn't really fit me, but I'm sure you might know some Haitian guys that can make, make this fit for you. And he's like, and he says it in French. He's like, the suit is so great, it's a little big. Don't worry, I know some Haitian guys <laughs> yeah. that can make that can custom like everything. I was like, this is so, so cool. Yeah. Like it's funny, but it's also like these. You're right. These two have this bizarre bond where they can't understand each other, and yet they know exactly what each other is always saying. And I love that, like that last scene with him, where like. Louis shoots Ghost Dog and Raymond starts screaming. He's like, it's not even, it's not fair. His gun's not even loaded. Why are you shooting him? Yeah. And he's like, don't worry about it. Just get out of the way, yeah. man. It's get just, yeah. it's so, I don't know. It was, when I first finished it, I was like, man, I was kind of expecting like this action-packed movie with a, with a, once you hear the word samurai, you're like, of course, this is going to be insane. Yeah, you're like, oh my God. And then, it, and then it's not. And at first I was like, I like it, but I'm going to have to knock it for that. But upon thinking about it more, I'm like, I don't think I can knock it for that. I think that it gets so smart to create this movie that's more about the code of being a samurai and put this guy in such a bizarre situation of, of true honor and commitment to what he believes in and showing that, like, this old way of doing things is working. Mm-hmm. Like, a samurai is not, like, he has this universal language and he's supposed to be apt at creating things and and tight situations and being able to be aware of his surroundings what is the one line that he says like when if someone cuts off your head you are you should be able to deliver one last blow without dying and it's like that's so bad also the soundtrack i think rizza does the whole soundtrack yeah, and i was that's like what it was yeah badass this movie is so good yeah it was it, great it made me like really it made me want to watch more. This was the first time I wanted to like go out of my way to watch more Jim Jarmusch movies. Like I was like, if if he does more shit like this, if he has more shit like this, I absolutely would want to see where where he goes with it. And I, I think it's 
it's cool that he chose Forrest Whitaker to do this movie. Because, I mean, like, I like Forrest Whitaker, but I just would never see him as, like, a action guy. But, it, again, he's not really, like, yeah. a, an action guy in this movie. He delivers some crazy lines. Like, the the scene when he leaves the mob guy's house and he sees the two guys with the bear. And he's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know those were in season. And the guy was like, well, we don't see a lot of colored folk around here. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what? Yeah. what how do you think this ends? <laughs> yeah, literally... <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just, I love that too because he, he literally just took a moment. He was like, you know, in ancient times, ancient cultures regarded bears as being equal with men. Yeah. And then that's when that, that line's run out. You know, there's not a lot of colored people around here either. And he like takes out a shotgun. He's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> and he's just like, he just like turns around and then just like, just said it was so good. Shoots both of them and yeah. it's just like, this is so good. I, he I just. Me the fucking knee <laughs> <laughs> the one seat of like the the one guy that's always wearing sunglasses in his bathroom just singing uh public enemy yeah, yeah. yeah literally <laughs> that shit was that was, was great. great the kill the the strategic ways that he kills like the those last couple guys in that movie too are just like when he puts like the tape on the window and he like cuts the power so the cable goes out and he shoots him through there and then he undoes the, the 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 water pipes to the sink and shoots them through the sink like it's just it's oh, all such so a cool scene yeah like the the pipe underneath uh, that was probably my favorite part the probably my favorite kill of the whole movie and like just the absence of sound through most of it other than like the score from rizza was just it's just a really good movie and it's like a very funny movie but like there are so many moments that are just so real yeah hit so hard like most of like the sayings that he the book that he's reading from are like these incredible sayings. I remember like towards the end, like as I was reading them, I was like, "Holy shit, that is so good!" Yeah, I can't believe. I like, would love this. to read that book. Yeah, yeah honestly. Way of the Samurai. I think is what it's called. I wonder if that is so, what it's called. <laughs> because because Bushido, I think, is the that's the Samurai Code, I believe. Okay, yeah, because there's uh there there's something like that. It might it might be Bushido. There's like that that other book that that's mentioned in the movie too. That is uh about ancient life in in japan that that he, oh, yeah, he yeah. That, that he gives to uh the girl the girl with the lunchbox yeah so yeah cool movie i think it really does make me feel like i i did read the the code of the samurai whatever it was yeah. it, and kind of as you were saying joey i definitely agree with you uh whatever passage is read before each scene i think tells a lot with where it's going and what it's trying to communicate and sometimes it's even the reverse where it's like I feel like it kind of all just gets mixed together eventually, mm-hmm. and it's like this the, the 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 paraphrase or the the paragraph is what I meant from from the book is explaining the scene before and the scene after in a yeah, way. So it's like both and you know, which is which is really cool. But the movie also opens up with a passage too, so it's like yeah. it starts with a passage and then it has a scene. So it definitely always follows. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, you don't catch on to the fact that most of the passages are revealing something about the next scene. Yeah. Until, like, way later, I'm like, oh, wow. I I forget the exact scene, but I remember there's a passage, and the exact scene is, like, basically exactly what the passage just said. And I remember that, like, it just hitting me. Like, it, it was almost like Jim Jarmusch purposefully did that to be a surprise like at first it was just like this is the passages that force Whitaker is that ghost dog is reading that's getting him through you know life this is the passage that he lives by 
And then there's there's a point where it's like this is the passage that this movie is being like made from, like everything. That's awesome. From I I think Jim Jarmusch, like even like his style of editing, where it like fades to black so many times. I was talking to Clay about this too, because this is like one of Clay's favorite directors, and uh, like that's a style from Jim Jarmusch. Like he does that with most of his movies. You saw that in I saw that in Coffee and Cigarettes as well, but you don't really see it in his newer stuff. I feel like there aren't any fade to blacks in Patterson. Maybe but there's I, a couple, I, I think, but like I feel like none of them are as like intentional or pr- I guess profound as they are in, in Ghost Dog. Like in yeah. Ghost Dog, it's like and scene, and then you go to the I, next thing. I'd love to like watch the special features from this movie. I oh, yeah. I feel like this is a movie that would work really well. Like seeing the behind, like even like having like Rizzo work on the the soundtrack. Oh yeah, would be cool. Even, like, Forrest Whitaker, because some of the stuff he does in this movie is, like, why or how is this even happening? I, I I think it'd be... This is, like, an interesting movie, like, to get the... How did this even come to be? Because it's so wild and off off the wall. Like, I, I was... When we were watching, I was talking to Matt about it. I was like, I... I wonder how this was perceived when it came out in, like, 99. Yeah, because I feel like this is one of those... It's Criterion, but I feel like it's definitely, like, one of those movies that people probably went and saw and were like, well, this guy didn't pull out a sword once. I don't understand. Because I imagine Forrest Whitaker, like, in 99, like, he's more famous then than he is now, I feel like. Oh, for sure. I don't know, man. Rogue One isn't out yet. I don't know if anybody even knows this guy. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Uh, I so I, I like. I wonder if even like my parents would even know about this movie. I feel like this is like one of those under the radar movies. I, like most of Jim Jarmusch's movies, I feel like he's not like this very popular director. I mean, maybe Patterson or The Dead Don't Die might be his biggest movie. I think that, and that's I think why I I hate The Dead Don't Die is I think that was such a commercially like publicized movie yeah and adam driver and iggy pop for some reason it's just like dude what are you doing like pops and coffee and cigarettes too also this movie had a two million dollar budget whoa that's crazy that's yeah it it definitely felt bigger budget for sure you don't need millions upon millions of dollars to make a good movie that is such a tiny budget for a movie like this yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's great. And that mostly has to go to Forrest Whitaker and RZA. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Let's be real here. I do I do feel like there's a friendship with Jim Jarmusch and RZA. For sure. Like, he's for in sure. the coffee and cigarettes, and he's in a couple other things. And to do, like, the sound for this, it's kind of cool that Jim Jarmusch is friends with, like, Wu-Tang and... All the like that Iggy Pop. Yeah, that's so yeah. weird. Like uh, he he's so intertwined also with like the music aspect. Of, like I feel like PTA similarly. You know, I feel like they they both can kind of cross paths like that. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Also, the book that he is reading from throughout the whole movie is the uh, Hagakuri, which is the book of the samurai. Which is a volume compiled from 18th century commentaries on the Bushido uh, by a samurai nostalgic clerk turned monk. And that's the mo- that's the book she gets at the end, right? The, the, yes. The, the, is it? 
Or is yes. that the book that yeah. she got first? Gives, no, no, oh, that's no, the book no, that no. he—that's the book that he gives her at the end. At the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. The, the, the first book he gives her is—is is the book that, for the daughter based off of like Japan, right? Like yeah, it was like, like ancient history. Japan. Yeah, yeah the, which which I think that that's. Oh, he I, just I, like I me for real, for real. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a great book. It I I, I definitely want to read it. It definitely gives me you know Dao De Jing vibes. It gives me, um, uh, the the what is it? It's like Book of War. I I, I forget what that what that one's called, but the um, Art of War. Art of War. Yeah. There you go. Yep. So very very similar books. Yeah. Uh, but they're all all great. So, yeah. What do we think we're going to give this one? I, I, I kind of already revealed mine, so I'll just start four and a half. Is what, is what I think I'm bumping mine up to a four and a half. I had it at a four, but I, I think that upon like like sitting on it, digesting a little bit, I think four and a half as well. That's where I'm at too, yeah, four and a half. Nice, yeah. Really good. Let's go, yeah, fellas. Yeah, it's really, really good. I, I, I it's The reason why I'm, not, I'm just not giving it a full perfect score is I, I honestly, this is not too much of a dig, but... I wish that RZA gave more. Um, it's like I like the soundtrack. I wish that there was a little bit more variety there. It feels like there's only two beats that it kind of revolves around. They're great beats, but it's yeah. like the beats are limited. Nothing wrong with wanting more. Yeah, yeah. I, like I just wanted more. And then um, it, it's like it, it's it's great, but it's also just like, I mean, you guys know me. It's like it, it's violent enough. It's not you got your blood. But, you got your blood. It's not violent enough. There is blood. Yeah, it's not about the bit. violence. You should read the it's Hagakuri. Not. Yeah, right. <laughs> it isn't about the violence. It's very true. But, um, yeah. So. Sweet. Yeah. Well, then, on to our next movie. Uh, Steve Barron's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles indie movie, Heroes in a Half Shell Turtle Power. What's the movie about? Yes. The, the tagline goes like this. Heroes in a Half Shell. <laughs> <laughs> And then the the summary follows a quartet of mutant uh, excuse me a quartet of mutated humanoid turtles clash with an uprising criminal gang of ninjas. Teenage mutant ninja turtles. Teenage mutant ninja turtles. Vegan lady gave this one star. I really hope that someone force feeds her a steak at some point. Like. Literally, you yeah. Awful. I, 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 yeah. It's uh, you wretch on society. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the the very first iteration on the big screen, of uh, of the the quad and an independent movie. Independent movie, yeah. It's crazy. It was the highest grossing independent movie in history until the Blair Witch Project came out. Oh, nice. Once Blair Witch came out, it it, it dethroned it. But it was a thirteen million dollar budget movie that made over two hundred million dollars. Really? Thirteen yeah. million though. That's a lot of money for an independent film. That had to go totally to the suits in the nineties. Right. That's what I'm saying. Definitely towards I mean, it definitely went towards the suits. The things that they're doing in these suits is incredible. For sure. Yeah. They are they are like holding they up so much. There's a scene yeah, with like Raphael like doing like cartwheels on a, on like the roof of a building. Yeah. Like how this suit has to weigh like hundreds of pounds. Yeah, literally. And I mean all the expressions they're able to pull off with those animatronic helmets. Yeah. Wild. Same with like with with like the splinter puppet. Yeah. Like I think that that thing looks crazy. That thing looks good. Like it yeah. has like it has like these facial expressions and everything that's like Yo, okay. You also, you know who voices him? 
The guy who voiced Elmo on Sesame Street. Really? Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Found out that and I was like, yo, that's that's kind of that's kind of crazy. As nice. a, as a huge Elmo fan, I was a big. Th- I, I, I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, I have very. Um, I will say that I I'm sure that no I I'm gonna give this the highest rating of everybody here, but I definitely have rose colored glasses on for this movie. Um, one of my one of my earliest memories is sitting in like my nana's kitchen, and she had like one of those tiny little TVs like in the corner, and she had this on VHS, and she would put it on every time I was over. She'd make me scrambled eggs, and I'd eat my eggs and watch this movie, and I knew this movie like beat for beat, word for word. I loved this movie. I loved the show. I love the movie, and like, I watched this movie probably like twice a year ever since I was like, at least twice a year ever since I was like five or younger probably I guess like two or three I would watch this movie all the time, and every time I watch it I'm still like this is such a perfect movie like I I love the music in this movie I love the choreography in this movie I love that this feels incredibly low budget like. Even watching it like on my bigs on the on the twelve foot screen in like four K, it still looks like shit. And I'm yeah. like, yes, I can't see anything in this movie. Right. It's ninety percent of it is just completely in the fucking dark. And there's so many weird fuck ups in the movie. There's a scene where I think it's I think it's Leonardo like opens his mouth and is like, yeah. And when he does that, you could see a whole fucking person in his mouth. <laughs> there's a scene where him and Raphael are fighting in April's apartment and there's just a guy in the corner of the room in an orange hat that's just like that's awesome and I'm like this is so fucking funny like there's so so funny I didn't even notice yeah I didn't notice that and I watched this as a kid too and I had no idea it it's I'm and they filmed part of it in, like in North Carolina. Like, really? It's, yeah, they filmed that. Like, there's a there's like an old abandoned factory. They filmed like all the scenes in um the warehouse there. They oh, filmed a uh, part of the 1994 Super Mario Brothers movie at this spot and parts <laughs> of the Crow in this spot. What the hell? That's awesome. It was. It's a crazy time, fellas. It's a sacred awesome. spot for movies. Honestly, would you, would you consider this a comfort movie? For me, absolutely. It something is something that I can on. depend on, and it's just. It's just fun. I know that it's not perfect. I know that it's got its yeah. stupid fuck-ups, and it's got its, like, problems that are like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't fully understand really what's going on here. Yeah. But it's still, like, I don't know. I remember, like, being a kid, that first scene where, like, it cut, like, does the random quick cut to, like, the nine-year-old smoking a cigarette. I was like, this movie is badass. <laughs> this yeah. rocks. This is so cool. It shows how degenerate society has become. Right. Our youth is dying. And just like I don't like, I think because I I watched a couple I've watched a couple episodes of the the old old show relatively recently, and it was it was very hard to watch as like now I was like man this is brutal like I don't know really a lot that's going on, and in the show it's kind of I not so much in like the the eighties and nineties show but I know like more in like the late nineties early two thousands TV like reboot that they did where like. April O'Neil and and um, Leonardo are kind of like into each other and it's like it's weird because like in the show he's like canonically like 14 15 and she's like in her mid 20s yeah and it's like weird that like you're kind of like hitting on this kid and also an anthropomorphic beast man <laughs> yeah right. yeah it's like this is a turtle I, I felt the same way in this movie too yeah like there's definitely some like bizarre romantic tension that I think they try to cut 
by with Casey Jones. Yeah. And I, I, I do appreciate that they put Casey Jones in the movie because I think that he's a he's a great character. And his introduction in this movie is so fucking strong. Yeah. Like coming in and just like with like the, the quick guitar riff, like the <laughs> two minutes for slashing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah let's go. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of great, great quips. I will say that one of one of my absolute favorite parts of this movie is when um, Leonardo and and Donatello. It's like really early on in the movie. Is like Donnie is asking like, "Hey, did you hear about whenever Shredder was talking about him like you know leaving us?" And then and then Splinter. Michelangelo. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, Splinter. My bad. And then uh, Michelangelo is like, he's just like looking at his watch. He's like. I wonder when this pizza's gonna get here. It's like it's like literally Pizza like, dude's got thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. literally what he says. It's so good. Man, that scene is crazy though too, because he gets the pizza, pays the guy ten dollars, and that's for the pizza and the tip. And the tip. Yeah. You're like, two minutes late, dude. Aw, oh, come on, I couldn't find the place. Wise man once say forgiveness <laughs> is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Like it's so good. Rent free. Like that's yeah, such a good fucking so line. It's, so, it's such a good part of the movie. <laughs> I really feel like that's whole why this movie works is the one-liners it has that are just so funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it almost makes up for, like, the way it looks and, like, some of, like, the weird romantic tension between <laughs> everyone. Like, the, the, the scene where he's, like, um, massaging uh, O'Neal. April, yeah. April O'Neal. Where Casey yeah. is massaging her just out of nowhere, and she's like, you can tell she's like not into she's it. She's a little tense, <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, this is uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> this is the '90s, so maybe you know things were a little different then, but this is not okay, dude. I uh, they made out later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's into it apparently. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Right. And he comes in and gets the turtle wax. Yeah, <laughs> I was like that's so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say that I, I'm still trying to figure out, I, I guess I never understood, like, the origin of this word, but, like, at the very end, yeah, I mean, we're jumping all over the place in this movie, but at the very, very end, whenever they're just going around the circle saying their, their like, favorite, yeah. you know, catchphrase word, um, which is, like, radical, and then Raphael just says, bitchin'! And I was like, are, you, are we just allowed to say that? Like, what yeah. the fuck? Which, like... I mean, like, bitchin's not offensive, like, but it's like, I guess you're allowed to say that when you're a kid. It's like, but yeah. I, I, I guess, you know, Ralph, Ralph is always like the hard ass of the group, you know, saying, yeah. damn. And, yeah, know, he's the what only, the hell? he's the first t- turtle to curse. I remember that was like, when I was a kid thinking like, that rocks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this movie has kids smoking cigarettes and turtle, yeah. my, my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cursing. Like, yeah. his first line in the movie is like, yeah, literally. <laughs> and then they're walking in the sewers, and again, he's like, damn! Yeah, he literally, like, doesn't say anything except for damn, like, I mean, within the first five minutes of the movie. This is rated PG, too. Yeah, right? and then he chases yeah, Casey, cool. and he's like, damn! Yeah, he, like, screams. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I think Shredder's intro to this movie was pretty epic, man. Yeah, that he's rocks. Like walking, and even the camera movement where they're showing like the side of his face and then like going back around and showing the other <laughs> side. And like to me, I'm like, oh, this guy definitely watched Star Wars as a kid. Like you can right. tell, like this is a Darth Vader ripoff. But I fucking love Darth Vader, so it, it worked. It worked. It, even to the point where he, Shredder is their father. Like, yeah, yeah like, when he's like, I am your father, I'm like, oh, okay, of course he is. <laughs> of course. But he delivers a, a killer line after that. After, like, they reveal him and, like, he moves the cape on his yeah. shoulders to see the blades and he brings the one guy forward and he's like, 
money cannot buy the honor you have earned tonight. I was like, fuck, yeah. dude, that, that is so cool. They yeah. don't make villains like that anymore. No, that is such a good villain. Thing too. Like, even though like this guy is definitely modeled after a Darth Vader type character, it's still his own character. Oh yeah. And he's still like badass in the in the coolest way possible. We definitely aren't seeing that. Like, unless it's like bigger budget movies, like maybe like even like a Dune, you're getting some pretty epic bad guys. But really other than that, like you're not really seeing a lot of evil villains. Because, to be honest, there's some... Like, Darth Vader might be my favorite character in Star Wars. Which is a weird thing to say, but I, mean, I fucking I nerd. Yeah, when, I, when I was growing up, yeah, he was definitely my my um, my favorite. It, it's I, I think I think it's very I love a good villain. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's it, I, I think that it's it's funny how movies kind of capitalize on that, on that weird taboo thing that it's like we do like villains too it's yeah. like we're not yeah. like 100 percent good but um yeah I, I i i love it it's i think that that it's it's definitely um a great time the stunts that they perform in these costumes are crazy i i i have a great time watching them go all around uh and they there's this weird <laughs> scene where they're like you know, uh, Splinter disappears, and then they go into the country for I don't know how long, maybe like a week I or love something. that whole sequence yeah. though. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I, I just I just think it, it, it's it's really goofy how they just kind of leave the city and then they're just like at a cabin and then they're like, it's time to go back. You're like, yeah, let's go, man. But okay, the the scene. When they go back to the sewers after when Splinter gets kidnapped, though, that shit that shit goes yeah. so hard. Like it's lit perfectly, where it's like so dark, and the camera's circling Raphael, and then he just drops to his knees and does that whole. I was like, this is so cool. Like this, yeah, like I it, the same thing. it capitalizes. Like the show is like very like goofy and like fun and like it's just teenagers fighting and shit and like this show like raised the stakes and brings it to like the comic book level because the comic books are like infinitely darker than the tv shows i think the 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 2000s one the early 2000s one they did i think kind of tried to bring that more to light where they brought out like the the more of the mutants and the actual like stakes at hand like there's like a, a whole arc where like they like go forward in time after like making a mistake in the past and like in the universe they travel to like shredder took over and won and they find Raphael and like they've like gouged his eyes out <laughs> like it's the show gets like the, the world gets very intense and so it's it's cool it was cool seeing it brought to that light so early on in it's in it's conceptualization because I mean at this point I think the Ninja Turtles are only like a five-year-old concept no and in, in the grand scheme because I think it came out in like 85 86 and then in 1990 they get this movie and I mean here we are now in 2023 still getting ninja turtle content stuff yeah and it's it, i will admit it's been pretty bad for the it's, past like decade i didn't hate the like newer movies that like 2015 i think it was the, With the michael bay one yeah i didn't think they were like the war i i'm also like a like this 90s movies that that we, we just watched i haven't seen these since i was probably like 14 maybe even younger for real and so this was like a a big nostalgia hit like I, I and I had watched them. Pro, I've probably seen this movie fifteen times in my yeah. life, but it was all before the age of like fourteen. Right, and I, so it was. It was a. I I've always loved the Ninja Turtles. 
I just always forget about them. So whenever it's like brought to my mind, like the new movie that came out, I, I knew I was going like, to watch oh, cool. it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't hate the Michael Bay ones. I know a lot. I, I also, I saw them like re, like right after they came out. So it's been a while since I've seen those as well. So they might suck now. I only saw, I saw the first one and I saw bits and pieces of the second one and I was like, yeah. I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. They're definitely not as good as these original ones. No. That's for sure. And they're not, and they're definitely not as good as the new movie. No, not even close. The new movie, like the new movie, I think, like really ensnares, like the '90s, yeah, of, like of the Ninja Turtles. It's still, it's like a modern movie, but everything, like with the '90s hip hop, Ice yeah. Cube is the villain, yeah. and Trent Reznor doing like all the background score. It's like this feels like a '90s, a '90s movie. Like it's, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. What did you, I wanted to ask you? How did you feel about seeing like fourteen-year-old Sam Rockwell in this movie? That was so weird, dude. It threw me. <laughs> so I, I, I had to like, I had to check it for a second too. I'm like, is that Sam Rockwell? And I, I am beat it. I mean, happy to see him start so early with such a great movie, right? So I mean, I'm excited for that he was in it because I, I i did not know that i did not remember <laughs> sam rockwell being in it probably because when i watched it i didn't know who the fuck sam, sam rockwell, rockwell was yeah i didn't care <laughs> right it's like who the hell is that yeah, some that, guy i yeah. love seeing stuff like that too like the actors that you love that are in like old like jesse plemons is one of those people that i'm seeing in like older movies all the time now really yeah i i don't like i just keep watching all these older like i like the kelly reichard movies he's in a couple of them where these like smaller roles he's taking and so i i just love seeing stuff like that same thing with sam rockwell like actors like seeing where they started and you can see how good they are even then and and what the director saw in these people i, I yeah. love it it's my awesome. favorite shit did you ever see like any of the sequels to, to this one? Yeah, so, dude, I, I wanted I wanted to bring that up. As far as I remember, I remember the second one uh, being better in my mind than than the first one, just because it go it goes a little bit more balls to the wall and like Shredder turns into this giant super Shredder crazy ass <laughs> yeah. monster. Um, I don't remember much more than that. Yeah, but I, say, I don't remember a lot of them, but I think I have seen them all. They they cut Casey Jones out of the before. second one. Casey oh. Jones is gone. They cast they recast April O'Neil, and the only real thing I do remember for that movie was that Shred yeah Shredder Shredder. <laughs> the concept is that at the last second of the first movie, instead of getting crushed in the dumpster, is he jumps out of his whole suit. Yeah, somehow. The suit gets crushed. He comes back um, to get the ooze, creates his own mutants, which are not Bebop and Rocksteady, which was weird. And then he, um, they have that last brawl, and Vanilla Ice sings a whole song, and they all fight. And I remember <laughs> just being like, I am not. Even as a kid, I was like, nah, this is, this is kind of stupid. And then the third one, I've never seen, but I've heard the third one is like, unwatchable i think i've seen the third one as well and i i think i remember as a kid i was like i don't know what's going on and i don't like it because that's the one where they like randomly like travel back in time to feudal japan yes yep and i'm like i don't know what's going on here so i I haven't seen that one then i it's like i i think i remember them traveling back in time because i remember them fighting a bunch of people on dirt and it was so different than like than than fighting in in the city so i do i do at some point want to go with like like finish the trilogy again like i watched secret of the ooze with with nick 
when we were living together. I think Nick likes that one more, and I, I just I've never I've never liked that one as much as the first one. And he even he was like the third one's really weird because they bring back Casey Jones for some reason, but April O'Neil is still like a completely different person. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, I do know also right now completely unrelated, but they are making a new. I think they're working on a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. It's like, kind of based on the third one, but it's it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meets the Last Ronin. Where it's going to be like a like a like a heavy samurai based Ninja Turtles like narrative game, so I'm very cool, very excited to see. Yeah, that does that. That sounds really fun. See where that goes, but yeah, all in all, I think that this movie is a lot of fun, and I know I know that it's it's campy, it's kind of stupid, it's a little ridiculous, and when you really get down to the heart of it, the concept of a movie about four anthropomorphic teen teenager turtles that happen to know be like studied in the way of the samurai is or ninja is is fucking crazy but it just as a even as a kid i just never questioned it i was like yeah, yeah of course they're turtles that do karate who doesn't like of course that rocks i've never cared about that i'm like yeah I, I didn't even care about how they even got to this point yeah i thought it was cool that we have ninja turtles i right? don't even care yeah that, i'm the that, same way i've 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 always liked their their look and their yeah. personalities are really funny. It's creative. I yeah. Love, I love how they love pizza. It's yeah. Like, they're teenagers just, yeah, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you just like them for them, which is cool. So. This movie's funny. It's fun. It's got charm. It's it's just a good yeah. time. And like, yeah, I, really it, I can watch, I can put, it is a comfort movie. I can really put it on at any given moment and be very happy. Every line out of Shredder's mouth is so cool. Like I love like the reverb that they add to his voice and yeah. just like that last scene with him. When Splinter shows up and it calls him by name, he's like, Oroku Saki! And he's like, the difference here is that when you die, and then he tries to fight back and he throws him off the cliff, he's like, you will die without honor. I was like, yo! Let's go, yeah. <laughs> what, are we, what are we feeling? Me, uh, me personally, I'm going to give it probably the lowest score here at the table. I'm going to give it a three. Okay, I saw that on Letterboxd, and I just have, I do have a very serious question about that. Who do you think you are? <laughs> it was a two and a half at first. So well, that's the like, what the fuck? Yeah, How could yeah. you? You literally have said I'm nothing four, negative about this movie. Why I, would you? It's it's. I'm I'm only focusing on the positives. It's a it's uh it, it like it it is funny. It's not entirely funny. Yeah. It is cool. It's not entirely cool. Both wrong. It is it, it it's like I like I like the the uh, animatronic suits. I like the yeah. choreography. The movie takes place in three sets. Like that's yeah. it. And then that that's it. We actually have so much time devoted to their like sewer layer and then Shredder's like weird warehouse layer. And then also like that 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 redhead kid. What the fuck is going on? Danny. Like, yeah, Danny's like unwatchable hey, almost. Hey, dad so it's Dan now. <laughs> yeah. Dan. Like, all, all of that shit is like, come on, man. I mean, like, like it's goofy as hell. So it's, I mean, it's like, it, I, I can find charm in it, but yeah. it's just some, most of the time it was rubbing me like uninteresting. So. I can't comprehend what you're saying. Every, even like the parts that aren't landing are so fucking funny. I get that. The scene where like, like, Michelangelo and the one guy from the Foot Clan have like the nunchuck like face off. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I he mean, has like the ones where he's just like twirling it on his finger yeah. and looking at his nails. That's great. I mean, I mean, most of the most of the stuff with the turtles is great. I mean, like the turtles for like I'd say eighty to eighty five percent of the movie are like always on spot with everything that 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 they're saying. It's just sometimes it comes across to me as if somebody who it's like it's like a a decent movie about someone who does 
know about the turtles, but they don't like understand the turtles. They're just like giving them quippy lines. So it's that's like, what the turtles do. Yeah, but it's like you do have to tune into like who they are as characters for me to like believe that it's like more than just someone teenage mutant ninja turtles. I will say for Matt though, a three is pretty respectable for a movie like this. How do they know? I felt I felt wrong. I felt wrong giving it a two and a half because it wasn't just middle of the road. Yeah, but I can't get. I mean, maybe like max three and a half for sure. I I I I think we can convince you to a three and a half. Yeah, because I'm giving this like a like a heavy five. Like like I'm giving it a four. Honestly, I I thought it was really good too. But like, there. I mean, it's not a perfect movie to me. Like it to me, Ghost Dog is better than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think objectively, Ghost Dog is better. But I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a movie that, like I said, I could put this on like any day. No, if somebody was like, "Hey, I want to watch that movie," like say when I will watch it right now. I would watch it right this very second. Of course, yeah, yeah. and I mean, it's you know that. Everyone's got to find their their comfort movies. I think that 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 those are really special to find, and any movie that that you give a five is very special. So, um, was there any blood in this movie? Not really. I don't think there was. I mean, that's, I think you see another a little beat up. There's yeah. a lot of people that get like their shit rocked and they're bruised, yeah. but I don't think you ever really this see any blood. It's a three and not a three and a half. There's blood. Maybe we'd be at a three and a half for Matt. Maybe, yeah. Now I am I am still very excited to watch the 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 newest iteration for sure. There's no blood in that one, so be prepared. There is no. I actually don't know if you'll like it. The fact that you've given this movie a like, three, uh, uh, yes, I'm like, very concerned because I don't think the new movie is better than the old movie. Yeah, like this is my favorite Ninja Turtle movie of all time. The, the new one is probably my second favorite of yeah. all time but yeah I, I fear that you'll be you're not gonna love this now and it's gonna really break my heart yeah. and i'll just have to let everybody know that we have a fake ninja turtle fan on the pod <laughs> yeah i'm only uh half in the shell so <laughs> and what about correlations oh man. so uh for 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 correlations between ghost dog and and um teenage mutant ninja turtles i think that we kind of already touched on this because it's such a heavy theme within ghost dog but you could say the same thing about teenage mutant ninja turtles is it's it's almost like um the old ways are being reintroduced uh it's, it's like something that is old is still kept around today uh in modern times and showing the value of that yeah with 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 ghost dog it was his ability to transcend people's logic and he was able to duck and weave out of really complex situations yeah i felt like the the ninja turtles are more uh based around those those old ways are keeping them together and and keeping them together as a family and that's what's going to help them defeat any enemy in front of them which is cool it, it, it's a uh, it's it's definitely um it's like a, maybe that samurai movies or kung fu movies always kind of have that that vibe not always but movies like this probably more like samurai movies i feel like always have that weird like familial tie or yeah uh teen bonding type of vibe i know that ghost dog he's completely alone but um even that movie is like even with his friends, it, it it's it, yeah. it's like almost like his way of life transcends normal friendship. Right. Same thing with the with the turtles. These are these are anthropomorphic anthropomorphic turtles, but because they are attuned to this to this way of living 
and like the the comics dive into that is like they're they're separated from society so like their brotherhood drives them closer and closer together until they're able to bring in april and casey and stuff like that so um that's what i took away from it what about you guys anything i felt like the both movies really go into like what it means to be to like live by a code and what that code really means to you because you like when the movie when the ninja turtle starts off like splinter is very much like you know the way of the ninja is very important and i need you need to know this because i will not be here forever and you need to retain what i have taught you and like they immediately like start dancing to the tequila song and it's like of course they're teenagers why wouldn't they and then you have on the opposite end of the spectrum you see like shredder and and tatsu and the foot are all like driven by like power greed and like brute force there's a scene in teenage Mutant ninja turtles where tatsu like gets scolded silently by shredder and he like goes in like a blind rage and he beats up like one of the guys and when like he's unconscious on the floor they take his mask off and like he sees like oh shit this is like a child this is a kid that i'm doing this to and it's like there is no honor in what you're doing and you have forgotten like what it really means to be a ninja to not you don't follow the code here you are in this all for the wrong re- for selfish incorrect reasons mm. and i think that ghost dog is has this this code of honor that he lives by he's like almost like the splinter character of this whole of of his universe where he is there to impart wisdom and he he knows what he believes and he will not deter from what he believes in the way of life that he has created around him and I think that the Ninja Turtles themselves have to kind of come to that realization through loss, through tragedy, through shit that they, no, no, I guess at the end, no kid really should have to experience. You should never have to leave one day and come home and like your dad is gone and your house ransacked. And now it's up to you to find your dad and like take the wisdom that he's given you. And I know it's dumb, but I mean like, even like as an adult, like the scene where like the, the turtles are like in the woods and they're meditating and like Splinter like appears before them and is like, you know what it means to be a ninja. And like they're all like crying. It's like, that's so heavy, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's so fucking heavy. I just think both movies really really reflect what it means to live live by the code, die by the code, and what honor really means. And who is going to who will have the warrior's death at the end of the day? And it's really just those who are able to abide by the code. It, yeah. It's, it's those who have uh, tenacity and, and they stay true to their beliefs. Yep. And that's, that's, sorry, go for it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, along with that code, like, I feel like both movies present, like, a uh, a weird view of, like, what family is and, yeah. and even, like, what, like, loyalty means. And uh, I think, like similar like ghost dog is very similar to uh splinter um in in that way that you know he is looking out for uh the people that he cares about uh and weirdly that's louis uh, but that's also the the man at the ice cream truck that's also the little girl in the um in the park and you know there's there's actually other people you know that that he's helping out too but uh I think there's like that that loyalty to like these are the people that even almost like make life worth it. This is why we do this. Um, I thought that was a that's an interesting look. Of, of course, I think the the samurai and the ninja of it all is 
definitely a deeper correlation, but I think no, I mean, I think they're like figured making their own makeshift families of this like yeah. weird put together group of people that don't seem like they w- would work together. Like Ghost a Dog doesn't even speak. Turtles. Yeah, oh, the yeah. rat and the turtle. Ghost Dog doesn't even speak the lang- same language. No, yeah, but he seems to make it work. Like but, April and the turtles. It's like they're not really meant to be together, but they just make yeah, it work. Make same it thing work. with like Casey. Casey just kind of accepts it for what it is. Yeah. All Dude, beautiful yeah. stories. Amen. Yeah, Amen. Like all. This is why I love themes like this and uh, just really, really good stuff. So. Yeah. Now, Sweet. next week is my pick. Oh, boy. We had some discussions on what Matt yeah, was allowed to pick. Yeah, I already what, pick, what you picked. Yeah, so, I mean, I was going to pick a couple of different uh, movies, but but we we landed on on two that, that, that everyone was very excited for. So, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, theme our next episode around Las Vegas, out of all things. It's not an Elvis episode. It's not. It's not. <laughs> but um probably gonna listen to that song later now. But anyway, <laughs> the, uh, so uh movie that we've been waiting very long to watch. Um I just remembered what is shot and chase for our the God shot damn it. is leaving Nick Cage's leaving Las Vegas. Okay. And the chaser is Brendan Fraser's classic, Looney Tunes back in action. Oh my goodness. He's been talking about this movie since we started. Oh, Looney Tunes is the movie you've been talking about? Back in action, starring Brendan Fraser. Yes. This is a classic. I probably watched this movie over 20 times. This is going to be his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. He's going to give this shit a five star. I'm well prepared for me to probably wake up to the fact that the only good scenes are the ones with the tunes in it. And every other scene that's just, you know, the Acme people or whatever is probably going to be bullshit. But I'm excited, to say the least. Oh, Uh, Jesus. Well... Super excited for your episode next week, Matt. Hell yeah. Where can people find us on Letterboxd? On Letterboxd, we're under Shot and Chaser Pod. That's right. You can also find us on Instagram at the Shot and the Chaser Pod or the Shot and the Chaser Podcast. You can also find us on X. God, I want to throw up every time I say it. You can find us at the Shot and the Chaser Podcast or at Shot Chaser Pod 22. You can find Matt going on rants about how much the Meg 2 fucking sucked uh, and other, other wild tangents. Uh, But until then, I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Joey. Thank you guys so much, and have a good night. Bitches! Bossa Nova! Cowabunga. Cowabunga!